The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, my friends, a new report showing that the Alberta government failed to access more than $300 million in federal support for things like long-term care and low-wage worker top-ups. The study was published by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. David McDonald is the senior economist at the CCPA and the author of the study. He joins us this afternoon. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Hi, well, thanks for having me. Now, uh, I know you've been doing a lot of interviews on this over the past uh, couple of days and a lot of people asking you to break things down. I'm curious to know this this funding from the feds that was available to the to the provinces. Was was Alberta uh, one of the, the worst for accessing the, the dollars? How did it compare to other provinces? Yeah, it really depends on which stream. There's a whole variety of streams that were provided to the provinces. There was a set of safe restart streams, which Alberta completely received and utilized. Um, but in some of the application-based funds, uh, like the essential worker wage top-of that you were alluding to, uh, Alberta did particularly badly in terms of accessing one of those funds. Um, this was, a, this was a, a transfer that was initiated early in the pandemic in May, and it was meant for low-wage workers doing essential work. So this could be anything from someone working in a long-term care home or a hospital yeah. to a trucker, depending on what the provincial priorities yeah. were. Um, the province could have received uh, about $350 million from the federal government to to increase the, the hourly wages of these workers, um, but they left it almost all on the table. They, all, they, they you know, out of the 350, they only accessed uh, 335, and wow. uh, sorry, they, they left 335 on the table. They only accessed 12 million out of the total. Uh, most of it was simply left on the table. Now, in the early pandemic plans that the that the province published, they they did have plans to access the full value of this money, but when the push came to shove, they just didn't access it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, now, the province, in some sense, saved money because they had to match uh, the federal money. They had to put in 25%. The feds would put in 75%. Uh, so the province, I guess, saved a bit of money there. But, I mean, the ultimate losers are the low-wage workers on the front lines uh, trying to provide yeah. services in a pandemic. Um, yeah. So there was that There was that fund. Uh, there's the Safe Long-Term Care Fund and the Rapid Housing Fund also that Alberta didn't access very much. They didn't have ready-made plans in place ready to go for those, about $100 million there as well. Other provinces like BC did and, and likely will receive the full value. Um, it doesn't mean that the story is over. Um, the federal government did seem flexible in, uh, in the instances of other provinces to provinces saying, hey, look, we didn't get this money out the door at the start, but we would still like to use it. Please send it to us. Here are our plans. Uh, but it's unclear <laughs> at this point whether Alberta wants to take that money uh, and spend it on low-wage workers. David, it's it's really um, well. It's it's a bit shocking, given given the fact uh, that how we've seen the pandemic play out in long-term care facilities. That money that could have been used in those facilities, whether for workers hiring or whatever it is, wasn't accessed. I mean that that is a little mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and, and I mean, these these funds is, is one set of accessible funds. The province itself, actually, and this is purely provincial, has nothing to do with federal transfers. Mm-hmm. The province itself is maintaining also a, a $750 million, three-quarters of a billion dollar unallocated COVID-19 fund, which is to say it's in the budget. It's booked against the deficit. You could spend it without changing the deficit. It says COVID-19 on it. Um, but it, at this point, it hasn't been allocated to anything. But it could be. I mean, it could, it could be allocated tomorrow to long-term care or health care or support for individuals or whatever. Um, and so 
part of the goal of the report was was to really uncover some of these and say, look, there is there is money that provinces could access, could spend, whether it's federal money, their own money, in a, you know, in, a, in one of these unallocated accounts to help push back against uh, against the virus. Okay, so for example, the I think it was the essential uh, worker wage top up, and and had, you you said the province only um, accessed twelve million, mm. could have had access to three hundred and fifty million. How, how does that? How, <laughs> I'm a little speechless this afternoon, David, which is not great for a talk show host. But how does this happen? Whose responsibility is this? Um, is it you know a bunch of paperwork that someone didn't want to do, and it's sitting on a table somewhere? I mean, it was the province's responsibility to go to the federal government's application base. So they had to go to the feds and say, look, you know, we've got, you know, these 100 workers in this hospital. They're paid below the threshold, you said, and there's this long-term care home. we got five there, and you know, and make a list, in essence, and send it to the feds and say, you know, we'd, we'd like our money, please, and then distribute it. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, six out of ten provinces didn't actually access the full amount. So that's worth putting out there. And okay. most of them got yeah. pretty close. Most of them got pretty okay. close. Saskatchewan, for instance, only accessed about half of it. Um, not quite as bad as Alberta, which accessed almost none of it. Um, and so you had to make these applications. Um, in the case of Manitoba and BC, um, they made the first round of applications, and they, they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough applications to justify the full federal amount. And so they went back after the fact second round in the fall and said, hey, federal government, we know that we didn't get this money out the door in the spring, but we really would like to send it to low-wage workers. So here's a whole other set of low-wage workers who would like to send it to. Can we do that? Can, we, can you send us some money again? And the Fed said, sure. Um, and yeah. so there's clearly some flexibility here, but it was up to the provinces to put this together and send it off to the Feds, uh, and then the Feds would, would, would dispense the money. You know, and, and for you know, Newfoundland and PEI managed to do it, so did Quebec and Ontario. They got the full federal amount, so there's no particular reason why you know, a big province like Alberta wouldn't be able to. Hmm, interesting. But yeah, so you kind of answered, the, you know, the question that I was going to ask now, next about whether or not that, that cash was still there. And if you can go back, you had mentioned that, that BC went back after the fact and said, hey, you know what, uh, can we use it for, for this? So so that is still possible or potentially still possible. It, yeah, it, it may be. I don't know what the... What the yeah. You know how flexible the the federal government is. I mean, we, you know, when you take a look at Alberta more broadly, outside of just the you know this this particular fund, which of course is an issue. Um, you know, Alberta spending about one percent of its GDP on on COVID nineteen measures. This is like its own money. Um, very similar to Ontario at about one percent of GDP. Um, Quebec is spending fifty percent more, one point five percent of GDP. But you compare it to British Columbia, they're actually spending three percent of GDP. Uh, so in essence, spending three times more than Alberta is spending on on COVID-19 measures once you adjust for the size of the the economy. David, is that a provincial decision on how much to spend, uh, uh, you know, of GDP? Is that a provincial thing that they're not getting told by the federal government they have to spend a certain amount, right? No, not at all. I mean, sort of some of these programs were cost matching, but in general, this is up to the the provinces to decide how much much they want to spend in this, if if anything at all. Um, And Alberta is actually one of the biggest recipients of federal support. So they are, in fact, the biggest recipient of federal support. Um, They are receiving $10,400 a person in federal support. Uh, the biggest of any province on a per capita basis, uh, $1,200 more per person than Ontario, which is the second largest uh, province in terms of federal support. So really receiving a lot of federal support for COVID-19 measures through things like the wage subsidy and the uh, the, the oil and gas well capping uh, fund, uh, as well as the, uh, the the CERB for, you know, for, for unemployed workers. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we, we know that there's a federal budget uh, well expected here in the in the next little while. What are you expecting? You expecting more cash to be uh, the, coming down the line for the provinces? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this next spring budget, uh, they are, they've said in advance, they're planning to spend 70 to $100 billion in the next mm-hmm. three years. This is on top of the, so the federal and provincial total so far on COVID-19 measures, 374, almost $400 billion, and the feds are planning to put another $100 billion on top of that in the spring. Um, you know, Alberta, like some of the other Western provinces, actually did spend more in, a, in one category than the feds, and that was on infrastructure, mm. physical infrastructure. Okay. And that wasn't unusual for Western provinces, uh, as Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, uh, and British Columbia, all having more spending on um, infrastructure than, than the feds were in, in their provinces. Mm-hmm. That's likely to change in the in the spring budget, I think certainly a big portion of that will be for physical infrastructure, backing probably some of these provincial investments, but then um, pushing things like you know transit and green, uh, you know green green infrastructure. I also expect there to be uh, more money on long-term care, likely with national standards attached, and potentially also for childcare. Um, you know, Alberta has not fully accessed the, the safe long-term care fund so far. They, they don't have the full amounts in their budget yet to do that. They, they may come around to that as a relatively new fund. Um, but, but there is certainly more federal money coming in some of those key areas, I expect. But I think it'll come with more strings attached this second time around to make sure that, um, you know, in, in the case of municipal cost matching, like the federal government had a, a transfer to cities to help cities through this, um, yep. and they wanted the provinces to match it, which is what Alberta did. But yep. Alberta was actually in the minority there. Um, six out of ten provinces did not match um, those those federal dollars uh, to help municipalities. And I think what the feds will learn from that is they, they'd probably better attach more strings to this next round of 70 to $100 billion. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, I don't even have to take a look at my text line, David. I, I, I know that there's there's so many people hurting out there, so many businesses hurting out there. We need, uh, you know, we need support for so many uh, places, organizations, whatever, and we just keep looking at that number and go, how the hell are we ever going to pay that down? <laughs> you know, uh, that's, you know, anytime I talk to an economist, it's just like, oh my goodness, what do we do after, what do we do after all of this is said and done? Yeah, I mean, on the plus side, for the, at the provincial level, this is this is an almost entirely federal affair. So 92% yeah, of all the yeah. dollars being spent on COVID-19 yeah. measures, federal dollars, 8% provincial. It's not like provinces aren't contributing nothing, but it, it is primarily federal. And I mean, that's in some ways, that's how it should be. I mean, they pay lower interest rates. Uh, the federal government uh, has better access to it. It's got a bigger tax base. It owns the Bank of Canada, record low interest rates. So, uh, you know, I mean, if, if there is a government to respond, um, the, the federal government certainly should be bearing most of this but it is worth pointing out that the provinces aren't necessarily accessing the full amount of the money um yeah and so you know and some provinces are nonetheless spending more than others david great to talk with you thanks for shedding some light on this we appreciate it thanks for having me you betcha dave mcdonald is senior economist at the canadian center for policy alternatives you can check out that uh that story online at globalnews.ca or 630 ched so the you know you can just imagine uh, reaction that's been coming into this. The Health Sciences Association of Alberta, the president there, Mike Parker, saying the report illustrated a, a mind-blowing failure. Um, the NDP opposition leader Rachel Notley uh, calling the unspent money profound negligence on the part of the Alberta government. 
Uh, Adrian South, who is the press secretary to the Labour Minister, Jason Copping, said yesterday in a statement that was released that Alberta is going to spend $3.5 billion in COVID-specific funding beyond what has been budgeted this year. Uh, went on to say that to date, uh, Alberta has received $30 million towards the top-ups, which started with healthcare aids and contracted continuing care facilities and will be, and will be expanded into other sectors in coming weeks. She went on to say that Alberta continues to work with the federal government with the intent to secure the full amount of funds available for workers supporting Alberta's pandemic response. Well, you better get on that paperwork. Better get on that paperwork. We're almost a, a year in. A year in, my friends.